This is our second session on Ephesians 5, 1-2. And I want to focus on this phrase, walk in love first, and then let as Christ loved us and gave himself for, gave himself up for us, define what this love is. So, giving himself up for us defines the nature of his love or the focus of his love here. And his love is the model for the love we are to walk in, which means that our love here is going to be marked very particularly by giving ourselves up for the good of others. Father, I pray that you would reveal to us the beauty of the love of Christ, the love of the Father, and that you would, in revealing what it is to be loved like that, make us, by your sovereign power, loving people. That the world may know that you sent the Son. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So when he says, and walk in love here, he hasn't forgotten, has he, that he has just said, we are loved children, we are to be imitators of God, that is, we are to love the way God loves, not just because we see the love of God as admirable, but because we're experiencing it as his children. So when he says, walk in love, it's hard not to think that in love includes in the experience of being loved. I don't think that exhausts the meaning of walk in love, but rather is part of it. Be imitators of God, that is, love the way God does, because you are loved by God. You're walking in His love. You live in His love. You're sustained by His love. You are brought into being and defined by his love. So walk in that experience. And walking in that experience will surely include walking in your love for others, because that's the way it's defined here. Walk in love as Christ loved us. So you are to love others the way Christ loved you. And the word walk here surely implies a life, right? A whole life lived in love. All of your footsteps, all of your thinking, all of your willing, all of your acting, all of your feeling, let it be done in love. As it says in 1 Corinthians 16, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. All that you do be done in love. Walk in love. This is called the way, right? In uh, 1 Corinthians 12, what? I can't remember what verse it is. It's the last verse of the chapter. Just before the great love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, I will show you a more excellent way. Namely, the way of love. You could say the walk of love. So this is our whole life immersed in being loved and immersing others 
with our love. Sounds beyond reach, doesn't it? No, it's not. God will turn us into this kind of people. Walk in love as Christ loved us, and then defining that act, gave himself up for us. Let's linger on this. Gave, gave himself up for us. So, what does gave himself up for us include that would guide us as we walk that way? One, it was willing. John 10, 15, I lay down my life. I lay down my life, Jesus says, for the sheep. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. So, this is willing. Two, it was sent from the Father. He and the Father were of one mind in this. The Father loved Jesus more than he loved anything in the universe, and he willed that his son would be willing to die. You saw that at the end of verse 18 here. This charge, John 10, 18, this charge of my dying I have received from the Father. I'm not just acting on my own accord. I am acting on my own accord, but not just my own accord. The Father's not twisting my arms. We are of one mind here. This was the love of the Father in Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son. You can hear the difficulty in the word did not spare, but gave himself, gave, gave him up for us all. So there's the same word of what the son did. The son gave himself. And this is the father giving the son. How will he not then with him graciously give us all things? So it is willing from Jesus' standpoint. It is totally in accord with the Father's will. It is into, so he gave himself into great suffering and death. He knew exactly what was coming, down to the details of the horror. Look at Mark 10, 33. See, we are going up to Jerusalem, Jesus said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles, the Gentile soldiers and Pilate, and they will mock him and spit on him, and flog him, and kill him, and after three days he will rise. Spit, flog, mock. He knew what was coming. This was a giving of himself willingly, by God's will, into great suffering and death for us. For for us, for us corporately, as a church. Next chapter in Ephesians 5, 
Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up. Same word as back in chapter 5, or the first part of chapter 5. I guess this is the same chapter. I think I said next chapter. Same chapter. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. So he died for the church to make the church sin-free and beautiful for himself. So corporately and individually, it irritates me when people try to stress the one of these over the other. They talk about, oh, you Christians are so individualistic about your personal salvation. Well, you bet I am, because the Bible is, and it's the most precious thing I have as an individual. And here's the way Paul talks about it. I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. You can just hear him can't you? He loved me and gave himself for me. If you can't talk like that, if you have to talk in some kind of general corporate terms about only love for the church, but not about you as an individual, you don't know the Bible and you don't know the love of Christ. It is for us individually. So for us corporately, yes. He's making a beautiful church for himself and for you and me individually in Christ. And oh, how precious it is. And then lastly, number five, as a redemption. In other words, what does it mean that he willingly, in, in accord with the will of the Father, gave himself to great suffering and death for us What does that mean? It means he became a redemption. Chapter 1 again. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. So when the grace of God sent him and he shed his blood, it became, he became a redemption, a ransom, a liberating price that resulted in the forgiveness of our sins. So, walk in such love. Walk willingly. Walk knowing that it is God's will for you to walk in such love. Walk into great suffering and death if love calls for it. And don't always be trying to seek safety and comfort. This is a walk in love as Christ gave himself for us. That's the definition of what it means to love each other and walk for others and walk. No, you are not the Savior. You don't become a new redemption, but oh yes, you can take people there. You can live and die so that people reach redemption. That's what it is to walk in love 
as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us.